we can't always be in the business. We can't always be in the weeds, in the details. We've got to look big picture. We've got to look with that laser focus at the entire mission. Jesus, yes, he dealt with details. Yes, he dealt with individuals, but his mission, kind of big, right? <laughs> kind of big picture, worldly, long-term, right? Eternity's kind of long-term. You're listening to the Remorseless Podcast. Hey guys, what's up? It's Beth Fisher. Welcome to episode number 28. Okay, housekeeping items. Here we go. It is summertime here in Michigan. No, I'm not Kid Rock around these parts. But at work, we actually have um, this thing between Memorial Day and Labor Day, wherein we can have a flex schedule. So that's what I'm opting to do here on the podcast. So instead of weekly, you guys, now they're going to drop every other week between now and Labor Day. So I just need kind of a minute. I got to reset. I have to sort of practice what I preach, which is like, you know, show up in the world for yourself so you can help others. And that's what I'm doing. So this is Friday, June 4th, that you're listening to this. The next episode will therefore drop on Friday, June 18th. So today it's just me. You're welcome. Again, I love talking about leadership. That's what this episode is about. It's not a very long one, but it's short, sweet, concise to the point. So I will keep this intro the same. Thank you guys for joining me. Thanks for being here. Let's go. Episode number 28, five characteristics of good leadership. Welcome to another episode of Remorselessly Biblical. I am always, always, always so glad that you're here and joining me. It's just, it's really a privilege to spend time with you, to share this space with you. Thank you as always to Life Network for Women for providing this platform, for reaching all of you, for all of the many women on here, men, women, people all over the place, right? Who just really care about you and who care about Jesus and who care about life and who care about showing up in their stories and saying, you know what? It's not always easy. But these are some of the lessons that I learned, and I want to pass those on to you, our viewers and our listeners. So you guys, thank you for being here, because without you, this really wouldn't um, be a thing, right? So we're all in this together, and I'm just very grateful that you're here. So today, where are we going, you might ask? First, let me tell you this. It's the morning here where I am, and typically I record in the evening. So typically in the evenings, I'm a little bit tired from like a long day of work, But this morning, you guys are super lucky because I've got all kinds of energy and I've got coffee and I've got my readers and I've got a lesson here. So look out, people. All right. Where are we going? Leadership. I don't know how many of you know um, just kind of my background, but I had 25 years in corporate America, like the proverbial businesswoman, right? I would go to all kinds of organizations, uh, agnostic industries, meaning all over. Didn't matter what kind of industry they were. And I would go in and I would sell software. And I would automate their business processes. And so when I would go into different kinds of organizations, small, large, Fortune 100, mom and pop shops, it didn't matter how big they were. What really intrigued me the most were the people. I mean, you guys probably know by now I'm a people person. I love people. I love their stories. I want to know more. And I started that career when I was just out of college. So I had done it for about 25 years before I moved on to where I am now, which is the nonprofit world. But part of what not only intrigued me about the people in terms of their individuality and their backstories, but was how they showed up inside of those organizations in terms of a structure, right? I care a lot about organizational structure, organizational behavior, how people 
function on a team. We did a couple series ago um, about the disciples, right? Because they were a team. And just if you go into any kind of organization, you see the structure. You see who's at the top, the proverbial leader of the organization. You see department leaders. You see team leaders. You see leadership all around. And what's interesting to me is to watch the people uh, respond to that leadership, how people respond to good leaders and how people respond to maybe not so good leaders. Sometimes it's just pretty obvious. You can tell that somebody's in a position of authority, of leadership, and they kind of just don't know what they're doing. Not their fault, not to try and call people out. Maybe they weren't onboarded correctly. Maybe they, I don't know, why did an interview? We have no idea how they got in that position, but there they are <laughs> and they're leading a team of people and they don't know how to do it. I have seen you guys, people who are leaders of organizations who don't like people, who are uh, introverted, excuse me, introverted and uh, just maybe not so nice, right? They, they would prefer to keep to themselves closed door policy. And these are people leading organizations. I have no idea how that works. You can't do that. So imagine if when Jesus was walking the earth and modeling the best kind of leadership, you want to know the best leader? Obviously Jesus. But imagine if he did it behind closed doors all the time. Imagine if he didn't walk around in Galilee. Imagine if he didn't like go in and interact with people. If he just like hung out all the time by himself and you had to knock on a door and then he acted bothered when you got there. I'm just going to pause there a second and think about that. I can't get there. I can't think about that. I cannot think about leadership wherein a leader doesn't communicate. Jesus communicated then as he does now to us in ways that are just very obvious at times when we need it just to say, this is the way you lead. This is what you do in this circumstance or this situation. He also communicates to us through nonverbals, right? Through the Holy Spirit living and breathing and active inside of us and things that we need to know we receive that from Jesus if we're open and, you know, praying without ceasing and we're just in this constant curiosity and relationship. Uh, good leaders in organizations do the same thing. They will communicate directly when something needs done. This is the goal. This is the deadline. This is the date. This is what we're doing. But oftentimes, relationally, a good leader will communicate through nonverbals. Uh, maybe it's when nobody's looking. Maybe it's one-on-one. -on -one. Maybe it's to say, you can do this. I showed you the first one. I helped you with the second one. And now I believe in you to go do that. That's the, God, that's the model that God gave us right back all the way in the Old Testament when he held the sun still in AI so people could, the Israelites could finish fighting what they needed, you know, to uh, the people, you know, back in the day that they needed to conquer to get to the promised land. So what I'm saying is leadership is hugely important and not only in organizations, but within our lives right? Within our household structures, we are leaders everywhere, right? We are leaders in our communities. We are leaders in our homes. We are leaders in our friendships. We are leaders in anything that we do throughout the course of the day. So if you think for one second that just because you don't have a title of an executive or a C-level or a director or whatever those titles are, right? You guys know I don't really care about labels too much. I do think structure is important, but if you are down on yourself, because you think your title is not indicative of a leader, I'm here to tell you we're all leaders. Because at a bare bones minimum, you're leading you, right? You are leading your life. Jesus died so you can have life to the fullest. Lead it well. Okay, so I want to read to you um, five principles of leadership that Jesus exuded. And they're just very 
I like these a lot because they're pretty direct. And I also, I'm going to go back to uh, Proverbs, iron sharpens iron. I'm a big believer in that, to surround yourself with people who know more than you. If you walk into a room and you're the smartest person in that room, you've got nothing to learn. Does that mean that you can't go into a room and be the smartest person and lead well? Sure, people need that too. But don't always be the smartest person in the room. Don't always be the only person in the room who knows about a certain topic. Go places, learn more, be curious, right? That is how you grow and transform and stay open-minded, right? And love other people well, because not everybody is going to think like you. Okay, so iron leadership, right? This is from 2 Philippians. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Servant leadership. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others, to the interests of the team, to the interests of the organization, right? Not just to climb the corporate ladder, not just to make more money, not just to be the person in charge with the title. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who took on the very nature of a servant. Servant leadership was all the buzz, right? Back in the day, there's so many books on leadership, you guys. And the older I get, the more I realize that while cliches kind of get on my nerves after a while, there's also, you know, a lot of truth oftentimes in in uh, cliches or adages that we hear a lot. And, you know, servant leadership was all a buzz back in the day. Uh, and it still should be. And I don't know that we need to call it a certain thing, but what we need to do is what we just heard from Philippians. We need to just basically say, I'm going to do this not for me, not for my glory, not for my name, not for my selfishness, not for my ego, right? If you want to be a good leader, you put the interests of others before yourself always, They have to have the trust in you. They have to see that you have their back. They have to see that you are showing up every day, not so you can rain down power and authority on them, but so you can empower them, lift them up to say, you know what? You're learning. It's okay to make a mistake. The best kind of leadership I've ever seen is when a leader does not pounce the second somebody messes up, but instead says, it's okay. Way to try, right? That's how you know. I bet you know next time that whatever it is that you just did, you'll learn from that right? So if you correct in humility and in love, then they will receive it as such. And then the next time they do it, they won't feel afraid to move forward. They will continue to lead themselves well. They will continue to be a good team member and lift up the entire team as a whole. So these are the five principles, you guys. And this is what I really want you to take away today. The five characteristics of Jesus's leadership. One, he was disciplined in prayer, right? If we go to Mark, We go to Mark chapter one, verses 32 through 38. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. And he, Jesus, healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. And rising very early in the morning, like here, while it was still dark, Okay, it's not dark here. Uh, He departed. Jesus departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. Jesus prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And they found him and said to Jesus, everyone is looking for you. And Jesus said to them, let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also. For that is why I came out. Jesus makes prayer a priority. He gets up early and does the opposite of what we would have expected. Okay, how many of you wake up and just start your day 
your feet hit the ground, you are not in prayer, you don't have quiet time, you just are already stressed. Maybe you get up out of bed and you're like, go, 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 go. That's not what Jesus is modeling. That's not leadership because you've got to lead yourself first before you can lead other people well. You've got to take care of your priorities. And the best way, you guys, I know you know this, is to wake up, have quiet time, be in prayer. Jesus modeled that. Okay. If we go to, I have this here for you, the second characteristic of Jesus as a, the all-time leader. He led himself well. He learned self-control. Okay, I got to pause and take a sip of coffee. Jesus led himself well. He learned self-control. Jesus understood if he was going to lead others well, he had to lead himself first. One area of breakdown and all would be ruined. One area of your life that you were struggling with and that kind of comes out, right? It's hard to hide that. Just like a wall for flood protection. If one, if only one part of the wall is not up to strength, the flood, the flood, the the coffee, the flood is still going to prevail. So there are cracks, right? There are cracks in our days. There are cracks in our lives. There are things that we don't see coming, but we have got to have self-control. We can't all of a sudden just be good, be good, be good, and then freak out, fly off the handle. We, we can't do that because we are leading people. As leaders, we can't do that. Even when we lead ourselves, we kind of do ourselves a disservice, don't we? If we're just, everything's chill, we're leading ourselves well, and then we just fly off the handle for something, right? That's just too inconsistent. Good leaders are also very consistent. Not perfect, right? We're all human. Not to say that we can't have a bad day, not to say that we can't lean into a feeling that we have because something else is going on in our lives. But in the main, in the majority, for the majority of time, good leaders are consistent because people then trust consistent behavior. Okay. So Jesus time and time again, shows us his self-discipline, right? Self-control. He fasted for 40 days. He constantly withdrew to solitude, which we talked about to be in prayer with his father, with God. And he repeatedly walked away from recognition. Okay. Some of my earliest learnings about being a businesswoman uh, came at the expense of self. I would walk into an organization, oftentimes male-led, and I there are oftentimes, more than once, um, where I'd walk into somebody's office and be degraded with words, be degraded with um, eyes, there was a feeling of, I was not important for my brain. I was important only for what the person thought they saw, recognition. So I have a very hard time personally with, I don't receive recognition all that well. I don't do compliments all that well, but I certainly am skeptical of people who that's the only reason that they care about anything. It's all about them, right? They want the recognition. They want the win. They want all of the credit for Oftentimes, too, somebody else's idea. Have you ever had a leader like that or a boss in your organization where you'll have a one-on-one conversation with them, you'll give them a fantastic idea, and then the boss goes in front of everybody else and pretends it was their idea? I'm like, okay. I, I don't have a lot of tolerance for that anymore. I, I address that lovingly, but I don't put up with it because this is the model of Jesus as a good leader. He didn't want the recognition. He didn't. It's not about him, right? Jesus was the most selfless human who walked the planet. Okay. So self-discipline, right? We go to John 6, 14. After the people saw the miraculous sign that Jesus did, they said, surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus 
knowing they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. So self-control, self-leadership. All right, characteristic number three, Jesus was laser focused on his vision. Laser focused on his vision. In John chapter 17, verse four, it says, I have brought you glory on earth. I've completed the work you gave me to do. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. Isn't that surprising? There are so many more still unreached in his humanity. Even Jesus's role was limited, right? I have brought you glory on earth. I've completed the work you gave me to do from John chapter 17, laser focused. He's like, my work here is done. People, I was laser focused. I was sent to the world to save it. I'm out. This is what I was called here to do. Laser focused on that. You guys know in scripture, all of the times people tried to deter Jesus and he was laser focused. He's like, it's not my time. This is not right. This is why I'm here, right? So let me go to number four, the fourth characteristic of really, really important leadership. Distractions were part of the mission. Okay, coffee to this. How many of you guys say, fine, I'll be laser focused. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to start a business. I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to start writing. I'm going to start helping people. I'm going to wake up every day and this is my mission. It doesn't have to even be a grandiose one. It doesn't have to be this giant thing, but you can be laser focused in whatever you choose and there will be distractions. Okay. Let me tell you the hardest part of leadership for me is when I have my to-do list. I am laser focused on that to-do list. And then my door all day long in my office, people come through it, people that I'm leading. Um, it's hard. It's hard because I love them. I want to hear what they're doing, but at the same time, I'm trying to lead myself well and get done what I need to get done. Okay. Good leaders. Did Jesus ever say, yeah, sorry, too busy for you. <laughs> I mean, let, let's remember when Jesus was on the earth, how tired he must have been right? I mean, he took on humanity. So it's not like he didn't feel the things that we feel. Of course he did. That's why he can relate to all the things that we go through because he was here in his humanity, understanding how the world treats people who are ostracized, people who are on the margins, people who um, were discarded or were set, you know, Jesus, I love when the Pharisees went to him and they're like, Hey, you're not supposed to be healing on Saturday. He's like, really? Okay. I came to abolish the law because I am the law because love transcends rules, right? So it, it's like how many times when people are laser focused, do distractions come up? And oftentimes those distractions are other people. So Jesus handled distractions. How? With grace, with grace. Okay. Here's a paraphrase example from Mark five, right? We know this, the bleeding woman, a large crowd followed and pressed around Jesus because he was going to heal a father's daughter. A woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Jesus asked, who touched me? The woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole story, whole story. Jesus didn't treat her like a distraction, did he? He did not treat her like she didn't matter. He did not say, all right, I'm on a mission here. I'm laser focused lady. We got a lot going on. I, I get it. But man, the story like took forever to tell me and I'm busy, right? 
are you doing that in your life? Are you doing that with the people that you care about, that you're leading well in your house, in your organization, in your friendships, wherever you go? Are you short with people? That's a hard one for me. And, and if I'm honest, and you know, I'm a go, go, go kind of person. Uh, it's really hard for me. But the more I'm in relationship with Jesus, the more that I am very intentional about leading in the same way or as best I can that he modeled, the more I realize it's not about me. <laughs> My to-do list can wait. And it's, I'm not the most important person, right? Like there have been organizations that I've been a part of. I've, I'm no longer a part of. They're still operating, right? Like the world doesn't stop if we as one individual are no longer there. So be there in the moments that you are there. Be present for people. Be a good leader. Last thing, number five, Jesus built a team. He needed a team and he gave his mission away to a team. Jesus does not intend your life to be a solo mission. Okay. So I'm going to read this quickly from Acts. We see it in Matthew 28, but also the Great Commission. So in Acts 2, verses 12 to 14, one of my favorite scenes, the Holy Spirit just following the apostles. They were preaching the gospel in several different languages, right? Remember that? And after all this commotion, Peter steps up as the leader, just like Jesus intended. And here's what it says. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? Right? They were confused. It was chaos. Other people who were kind of like making fun of it, they were mocking and they said, oh, they're filled with new wine. Like they're drunk. They're off their rockers, man. They have no idea what's going on. But Peter, standing with the other 11, Peter standing with his team, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Peter said, men of Judah and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. To stay aligned with Jesus, you guys, it takes a team. Do you have a spiritual team around you? Do you have people in your life who are sharpening your iron? Do you have people in your life who are saying, look, you're leading us well, but what are you doing for you? What are you doing? And self-care is overused and important, but what are you doing to lead yourself well? You know, um, the organization where I work, we oftentimes, our leader will tell us, okay, we can work on the business or we can work in the business. On the business means big picture, right? As a team leader, as somebody who is saying, if we want individual people to thrive, we can't always be in the business. We can't always be in the weeds, in the details. We've got to look big picture. We've got to look with that laser focus at the entire mission. Jesus, yes, he dealt with details. Yes, he dealt with individuals. But his mission, kind of big, right? <laughs> kind of big picture, worldly, long-term, right? Eternity's kind of long-term. So I just, I hope that is encouraging for you if you are in the workforce, right? If you are working at home, if you are working to lead your family well, if you are working to be a great partner and spouse and leader in your community, it, it, it is applicable, right? It's just so important. It's, I want you to hear me say this, like, it's not just these rules. If you are a C-level, if you are in an organization, it is every day when you wake up, be in prayer because you're going to lead somebody. People are always watching you guys. Always. You can walk out and get your mail. People are watching. You can go to the store. People are watching. You can be in your community. You can go help somebody. You can be alone but if you are out in the world, people are watching and you're leading, you're leading by example always. So I hope this just encourages you to lead the way that Jesus led us by his example and to say, it's not 
going to be perfect, but it can be intentional. We can exude those five characteristics of Jesus and really see the difference that we're able to make in people's lives. So thank you, you guys. Leadership is hugely important. You are hugely important. You're valued. You matter. You are loved. And I just want to personally remind you to be remorseless, right, on your journeys, which means without guilt, in spite of wrongdoing. If you're a leader and you mess up, don't have guilt about it. Don't get stuck. Do the next right thing the next time. Apologize to people. Be authentic. Be you. Be real. Because you matter. So thank you as always for joining me here. And I will see you guys next week. Peace. Okay, guys, thanks as always for joining me. Tune in again in two weeks for our next episode. It will be an interview. I just want to also pause and ask you to do me one giant favor. Please subscribe, like, rate this podcast again if you, of course, like it. Also, please check me out at bethfisher.com. I'm happy to do any sort of public speaking in your church environment, in your leadership classes, in your place of business, in your place of work. It doesn't really matter, right? I love to talk. I love people. I love to help people overcome adversity and show up and be the people that they were created to be. So bethfisher.com, you can find my books there. You can find resources. You can just basically, you know, interact with me there. I would love it. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to know what your thoughts and comments and feedback are about this. I would love any questions that you may have. And I just, again, would value your insight and your interaction because that is what this whole thing is about. So thank you guys. And I will be back in two weeks with you and talk to you soon.